G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about players that you might be considering to drop and whether we should hold or fold. Let's go! Jordan open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant to shot! Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! AD basketball! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Um, today we are going to go through our third podcast in as many as day, uh, many as days, guys. So we might even get a fourth one out this week. Uh, going through talking about players that you might be panicking on. Um, yesterday we did the uh, should we be panicking on these po- players podcast. A little bit more towards the upper echelon of players, players that you probably aren't really going to be dropping, but more so thinking about trading away. Um, whether or not I think you should be worried in trying to do so and trade them away, or if you think if I think you should be holding first, it's holding fast and keeping hold of them and just waiting through these tough times. These players here probably don't have very much trade value, if at all, especially on standard league teams. Um, so we are going to be discussing players that you might be considering dropping and whether or not I'm going to give you the, the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Uh, and speaking of thumbs up, uh, make sure you give this video a big old like on uh, on YouTube if you are watching over there and make sure you are subscribed. Uh, I know a lot of you still watching are not subscribed, so make Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel so you get all the videos uh, that we put out here uh, and get uh, ahead of your fantasy competitions. So let's get stuck into it today. We're going to go through quite a few names. So the first few names I'll spend a little bit more time talking about and then at the end we might do a bit of a, a lightning round and go through them a little bit quicker. So... The first guy here that we're going to talk about is uh, Boston Celtics own Al Horford. Now, he might be one of the highest uh, drafted players that we are considering dropping at this point, and he's been quite disappointing so far. He came into the season, so last year he was actually the 47th ranked player in nine category leagues. Um, he did that off the back of scoring 10 points, one and a half or 1.33s, 7.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 0.7 blocks, 1.33 uh, blocks, uh, 47% from the field, 84 from the line, So and, and 0.9 turnovers. So those are all very well-rounded numbers. Their rebounds and blocks were solid. He also contributed nicely across the board. Um, and this year... It's not very good. Same amount of minutes, in fact, slightly higher, but averaging eight points, two threes, five rebounds, 1.8 blocks, zero steals, hasn't had a steal yet, 0.6 blocks, 45, and he hasn't shot a free throw yet either. So, and, and the same turnovers. So, in all honesty, the, the difference is not that, um, it, like, it's not huge. It's two points, it's 2.7 rebounds, it's um, one and a half assists, and it's one block, or less than a block difference, really, and 0.7 steals. So all of those numbers are just slightly down from where he was last year. Um, you know, he's an older guy. He's someone who is, you know, how old is he now? He is 36, uh, so he's getting up there in age. 
The the good thing that we've got going for Al Horford is that the Celtics are very light on in the front court. They've got players like Luke Cornett um, in their in their front court, and we've seen his amazing uh, verticality defense on the three point shots. Don't know how useful that's actually going to be for the Celtics, but um, I think that Al Horford is going to be needed to play at least the minutes that he has been playing. He did sit a back to back game, but I'm not sure if that's going to be something that we see continue as like a regular thing. He, he was out uh, due to sort of um, resting a bit of soreness on that day. So I think that maybe that might be not an every back-to-back thing, but just here and there. Um, I personally think that Al Horford is a hold. Now, when you drafted Al Horford, it was under the advice that you were probably getting someone who might score less than 10 points per game. And it's pretty hard to roster that, especially when you have to draft him inside the top 90 uh, sort of area. So it, it, he is best suited to a punt point situation. Um, there is possibility that he does regress a bit from last year. And when you're already sort of uh, buoyed by the fact that you're very efficient um, and you get low turnovers, the, the ranking that he was from last year was never really... Uh, never really told the full story of of Al Horford's season. No one was drafting him close to the top 50 this season for good reason, even though he he was, by all accounts, in a nine-category setting, a top 50 player last season. Um, The blocks uh, were a little bit higher than we've seen in the past. The previous two seasons, he was at 0.9 blocks instead of 1.3. So maybe that does come down and he's closer to one block per game as opposed to the 1.3 last year. Um... The assists, I think, are definitely going to come up. He's been averaging 3.4, 3.4, and 4 assists in his last three seasons. Currently at 1.8, I can definitely see that rising. So I'm uh, very optimistic that that's going to happen. And I think that whilst it might not be a huge amount, the rebounds will also continue to come up. Only at 5 per game, I think that that will rise. So far in his games, he's had a, the first game he came out had foul trouble, only played the 23 minutes. He then had a game where he had 33. He also had a game where he played 41 minutes. It was... Uh, uh, was that an overtime game? Yes, it was, that, that was an overtime game. So if you take off maybe five minutes, there's like a 36-minute game in there uh, if, if it was a, a normal regulation game. So there are instances where he's playing bigger minutes. He's not necessarily restricted uh, in terms of that kind of thing. So I think that we can see an improvement in his assists. I think we can see an improvement in his rebounds. I think that whilst it might not bounce up to 1.3, the blocks will start to come. And he won't continue to average zero steals in the uh, in the NBA. So I think that all those things combined um, make him a rosterable player. If it doesn't turn around, I think that he could tend... In a 10-team league, I think he is someone you could definitely consider dropping. I don't think he's a must-roster player in that scenario. In a 12-team league, especially if you've got 14 roster spots, I struggle to find um, or believe that there's better players out there on your waiver wire than Al Horford. So for me, in most scenarios, I think that Al Horford is a hold. Um, just assuming that you can deal with and are prepared for the fact that he might not score 10 points per game, but he'll give you good threes, rebounds, assists, and solid blocks on good percentages and low turnovers. So still useful stuff there, but just don't expect high volume scoring or steals. Uh, The next guy here is Colin Sexton, another guy who's drafted 
most of the times top 90, sometimes top 80 in uh, fantasy drafts this season. Traded to the Utah Jazz. We expected him to step into a big role. Hasn't happened yet. He is someone that I have publicly on Twitter called him a, uh, I've called him a fold. I've said that I think that he is a droppable player. So I want to talk to you as to why I think that. Um, So far on the season, he's averaging less than 20 minutes per game, 19.7. He's the 178th ranked player. He's scoring 12.5 points, hitting just over 1-3, 2.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 0.8 steals, and literally he's had one block on the season so far. Um, So... Where does that leave us and what do we think the upside here is for Colin Sexton? A lot of people are saying that he is someone that we're waiting for a trade. Uh, we're waiting for a shutdown or benching of uh, someone like a Mike Conley. I just don't know when that that's going to happen, if it's going to happen. And when it does, or if it does happen, is the reward actually worth it? And the reason, and, and what I mean when I say that is, if we go back to his last previous season's, um, last year, obviously, he had the injury, so it does ding him down. But in 29 minutes a night, he was the 355th ranked player, um, scoring 16 points, hit a three, three rebounds, two assists, still less than a steal, uh, next to no blocks. Um, you know, not very good. Granted, it was a small sample size, so we can maybe forgive that. But the year before, 60 games, so pretty much the entire season, 35 minutes. He put up 24 points per game. Excellent. 1.63s, three rebounds, 4.4 assists, a steal. All very solid numbers. Still only the 101st ranked player. It's the lack of threes in volume. It's the high turnovers and low assists for a point guard. The low rebounds, the next to invisible blocks. Um, he's not a big steals guy. It's, it's, it's just okay in a lot of areas outside of the scoring. And um, whilst that does have use, that would be definitely someone that would be considered a Moss roster player. It's still outside the top 100, like it's still not top 50, it's still not top 60 or 75 upside. So if you're going to be holding on to a guy for what I think will be months of the season, you'd want there to be decent level of upside um, for him to pay off all the patience that you're going to have to show to have him. So that's why I say that I don't think he's a must roster player. If he is hurting you and you are struggling to win and you're there are more valuable guys on the waiver wire, or you could use that situation in a streaming um, spot More that will give you more access to wins. I don't necessarily think that in the fantasy playoffs, you're going to absolutely rip your hair out because you don't have Colin Sexton on your team when he's finally, quote-unquote, unleashed uh, on this Utah Jazz team and he's uh, the 101st-ranked player because... I don't even know if he's going to get that usage on this Utah team. Larry Markman is playing great basketball. Um, they've got a lot of other guys on there that are just going to be uh, contributing by committee. I think the, the thought was that when he went to Utah, this is going to be his team. He's going to be taking over and doing everything himself. It's clearly not the case, and it hasn't been the case so far. I don't think that in a few months' time, they're going to all of a sudden change their mind and go, all right, guys, let's give this ball to Colin Sexton and let his let him do his things. Larry Markin, you've been great, but you can go sit down over in the corner there and just spot up and shoot threes. I think that this is... Larry's still going to be their number one guy. I think they're going to try a lot of the other young guys that are already on this team, and Colin Sexton will maybe be a bigger part in the rotation in a few months, but... 
maybe it won't be as big as what he's already showed us. And what he did show us was still not the top 100 player that we are hoping to get when we are stashing that kind of a guy. So in most scenarios, I do think that he is a droppable player. I think that the upside is not worth the pain right now. A lot of you will disagree with that, but I think that in most scenarios, I think you could probably better get used out of streaming that position. So for me, Colin Sexton is a fold. All right, this next one here is another one. Again, probably someone who was drafted inside the top 100 in a lot of places, Herb Jones. Now, Herb Jones was someone that I think I had just around that 100 mark, maybe 101st or something like that. He is very need dependent, so it's pretty tough for me to give you a hold or fold definitively um, for every team. But let's have a look at what he's been doing so far this season. Uh, on a per-game basis, he's only played the three games so far, but he's the 239th ranked player on averages of 7.3 points, 3.3 rebounds, two assists. Hasn't Has he had a steal yet? Wow, hasn't had a single steal yet, which is pretty crazy. Zero steals, 1.3 blocks. He's shooting a pretty putrid 36.8% from the field and 78% from the line, uh, 0.33s and one turnover. So very, very rough. Very, very rough. Now, I obviously don't think that the zero steals is going to stick. He will be a good steals guy. But um, the uh, emergence of someone like a Trey Murphy... The crowding of that rotation, the fact that Zion is back, um, you've got all of these elements that w- that are there that weren't really there for him last season. He's going to have to fight and struggle to get playing time. I feel I still think he's going to be getting sort of twenty five, probably more likely twenty eight plus minutes per night. But the usage is going to take another step back when he was already a really low usage guy last season. Um, the reason he was so valuable last year was because it was one point seven steals. But outside of that, there really wasn't much else to to hang your hat on. Yeah, he was kind of efficient, 47.6 from the field, didn't turn the ball over, nearly a block per game, and he's he's averaging 1.3. So that has use, but he's definitely more of like a a needs guy versus a must-hold player. So for me, if we're asking the question of hold or fold, I'm going to put him in the fold category, but... I think that if you need what he brings, if you if your team is strong in a lot of areas and steals is an area that you've identified that is going to be a matchup uh, winner for you or, or something that your team needs, I think that he can definitely be someone you have on your team. I've got him still rostered in the Fantasy Basketball International World Cup team where I'm running a punt points build. Um, so for me, the fact that he's only scoring seven points per game, I don't really care too much. Um, I want his defensive stats. I want his steals on my squad. Um, and I think that that's valuable as a low-end guy. Um, I picked him up, I think, actually. Someone did drop him. I added him onto my team. Um but again, he's still like a back-end guy for me, even in that punt points build. So I still think he's very situational. In general, if you're not, you know, if you're not desperate for those steals or you're not in that punt points or, or punt threes build, then I think that he is someone that you could maybe do better from streaming that position. Um, we, we've seen him out for a little while with this, uh, was it, is it a knee injury that he's got right now? I think he's probable to come back soon. Um, but again, the rise of Trey Murphy could render his minutes in a bit of trouble. We are yet to see it yet. So I think in general terms, he is a fold for me. Uh, Next guy here, Brandon Clark. Now, Brandon Clark was someone, again, I had him on the the bus show. Number number two on that show was very down on him once we saw what was happening in the preseason with Santi Aldama. And it's it's been basically as bad as I thought it would be, maybe even a little bit worse. 
Um, he is someone that um, he... What's he currently ranked? He's ranked the 200th player at the moment uh, in 17 minutes per night. So he's actually averaging less minutes this season so far than he was last season. So even though there was still talks about people saying, that, oh yeah, he's not going to start, but he's still going to have a bigger role. And he's going to do more. Well, so far that hasn't been the case. He's actually playing fewer minutes than he was last season. Um, he's not playing as well. The points are down. The rebounds are down. Uh, even the, the steals and blocks are down. So he, he he does, he does have scope to get better than what he's doing right now, but I don't think that we're going to see much improvement, if any, from last season. So for me, that definitely leaves him in the camp of he is a droppable player. So for me, he is a fold. He is someone that if you're really desperate for field goal percentage, you can hang on to him. There is a little bit of talk about um, Stephen Adams being out with uh, an issue. What was his, his hand or something like that? Um, Remains to be seen, but I still think that uh, there was like, Xavier Tillman came in and played a few minutes more there, and I don't necessarily think it's a long-term thing. If you're really, if you really want what he potentially could provide you, maybe just wait until that Stephen Adams news is a bit more concrete before you make that move. If there's no one amazing on the waiver wire when this video comes out, there'll be a big game slate on, so you're not going to be able to stream that position really anyway. So if you wait maybe a day. See what the Stephen Adams news is, and if he is still out, then maybe you hold and see how that goes. If he's back in and it's not going to be a long-term thing, I'm definitely getting rid of uh, someone like Brandon Clark. So he, to me, falls under the fold category. Now, let's move on to another guy. This guy is a guy that I like. Um, uh, If I can look him up, where is he? And the guy we're talking about here is DeAnthony Melton. Now, DeAnthony Melton was someone that I have in a few leagues. I drafted him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, and I still have him in my team. So I guess that tips my hand a little bit. I do think that he is a hold. Now, there was a lot of panic earlier in the season where he played 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and then 16 minutes, 17 minutes in the first four games. But since then, he's been picking it up. Um, he was boosted by a couple of games without uh, Joel Embiid, um, his most recent game, and then a couple of games before where he was really, really good, really efficient from the field as well. So we do know that he's a great permanent guy, but he has also showed that some games, even in low minutes, he is putting up some decent stats. Um, uh, the game against Toronto, he put up uh, 12 points, two threes, three rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Very efficient shooting, so it's not always going to be that good. But he has this ability. Now, what, I, what I'd like to do with players like DeAnthony Melton is really ask yourself, is the guy that I'm adding off the waiver wire, it, does he have the upside that warrants me dropping a, a player like DeAnthony Melton, who, you know, he's going to have poor games, but he's also going to have some really good games. And if I just hold him and stay patient, I'm going to get the average of all of those performances, right? And, and even sometimes when there's a full rostered um, or a full slate of games, you can put him on your bench and just sort of ride out those games where he's not getting those full allotment of minutes. Um, so really ask yourself, is the player that I'm adding, does he does he really warrant dropping a player like DeAnthony Melton? Those players that are, have a high per minute value, um, you know, 
are hard to replace. And, and it only takes an injury. It, it takes one injury. Even if their center, Joel Embiid, goes out, bang, he's getting 30 minutes per game. If you get a player like PJ Tucker, a James Harden, both up there in age and have had injury issues in the past, then he's going to get another boost. So there's a lot of pathways for DeAnthony Melton to get sustained value throughout the season. It might come in patches and bunches here and there, um, but I wouldn't be dropping him unless it's for someone who is a high upside player that has a pathway to a pretty sustainable 28, 30 plus minutes per night. Um, so in a 10-teamer league, yeah, I think you could maybe drop him if there's some good value on the waiver wire. In most 12s, I think in most circumstances, there's not that high upside guy on the waiver wire. If something changes or there's an injury that creates that, he might be someone that you can move on from. But I think right now, the way I see it in most of the scenarios that I'm in in my 12-team leagues, there just isn't really much to to take a swing on in there outside of uh, to drop someone like D'Anthony Melton. So for me, that's what makes him a hold. I've uh, I've had disagreements with people on Twitter. I think maybe some people might change their minds now. Obviously, it helps when when a player like Embiid sits out, but this will happen. This will happen throughout the season, and uh, Melton will usually be the beneficiary. We've already seen it twice here uh, with him getting a boost in this kind of situation. So for me, he is definitely a hold. Um, the next guy here, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. Let's have a look and look. Both uh, two Ds after... Uh, each other. Uh, where are you, DeAndre Hunter? Basketball Monster has been a bit slow for me now. Um, so De- uh, DeAndre Hunter is someone who gets a lot of his value from scoring. He is someone that um, doesn't do a whole lot else in the peripheral numbers, which is why he's never really been a player that I've really liked. I don't think I've ever had him on any of my fantasy teams. He's currently the 191st ranked player. Um, scoring 14 points in 28 minutes, 1.7 threes, 3.6 rebounds, and then as a whole lot of nothing, 1.3 assists, 0.3 steals, no blocks. Um, he's poor from the free throw line as well on very low attempts. He's just he's just whatever. So for me, he's just not someone that I'm really thinking is a must-roster player. He did have a decent run in 2020-21, but that again was in 23 games where he was a 98th ranked player in 30 minutes. Again, though, that was just on the back of shooting efficiently, scoring 15 points a night, and, and nothing else really. So for me, he's a player that is very replaceable, what he does. So different to a DeAnthony Melton, I can stream that position and pretty much get the same kind of value that I would get, if not greater. Um, and I don't feel like I'm missing out on something if, for any reason, someone goes out and he's tasked with a bit of a roller or his minutes are already high, so there's no real minutes upside there either. Uh, so for me, he's definitely someone that I'd be happy to drop. I don't think that he's a must-roster player by any means. He's a streaming guy if you need points, and that's about it in my opinion. I don't necessarily think that there is much upside. So for me, DeAndre Hunter is a pretty clear drop or a pretty clear uh, fold in my opinion. All right, we're going to go through these next little guys here, or not little guys, the big guys here. I'm going to do them in a bit of a bunch, all right? So we've got Onyeka Okongwu, Isaiah Hartenstein, Jalen Duran, Walker Kessler, James Wiseman, and Isaiah Jackson. They are the six, or, or at least most of the six backup centers which are on a lot of fantasy basketball teams. 
it's tough with these backup centers. It's it's something that we we see the permanent upside statistically. We see the opportunity that if they do get a role, they can definitely blow up and become really, really good fantasy options. Um, it's just a matter of knowing when to pull the trigger and who to prioritize. It does become very tough if I'm holding multiple of these guys. So I probably would only really want to have one maybe two if I'm in a deeper league or I'm just really that far ahead or I really, really need those defensive stats and rebounds and field goal percentage, but I wouldn't be wanting to hold any more than that. One probably is is about it for me um, outside of Dynasty Leagues. So let's have a look at which ones do we think we should prioritize. So for me, this is how how I've got them displayed on screen is about is basically how I would order them. I think Onyeka Okongwu is the the strongest hold out of all of them. I think that he has the biggest chance out of all of these players to earn minutes um, off his own bat without requiring an injury. There are a lot of times that I see him play that I think that he's better than Clint Capella. He is more mobile. He's probably fits the modern NBA a little bit better. He's currently the 137th ranked player in less than 20 minutes per night. So he's giving you standard 12-team league value even in a backup role. So for me, those are the things that I'm looking for. If you can be valuable in a bench role, then excellent. And if anything happens above that, where he gets more minutes than that, he's providing top 100, top 75 value. If Clint Capella ever missed sometimes, he would be an absolute must roster across the board, eight, 10 team leagues included. He is absolutely that good. So for me, he is on the top of this list. The next guy I've got here is Isaiah Hartenstein. Now, again, very similar story. And he did this last year as well, where he can be a useful player in that backup role. He is actually ranked higher than Okongwu at the moment as the 89th ranked player. The reason I've got Okongwu a little bit above, again, these two are pretty close. They are pretty clear head and shoulders above um, above those other guys. So for me, I think that he is the other guy. He doesn't need to get the big minutes so far to be valuable. He actually is averaging 25 minutes per night. He's had a couple of games so far where he's put up big minutes. That overtime game, um, first game of the season, definitely helps him. But our most recent couple of games, 27 and 27.6 minutes in the last two games, both in losses. Uh, So very interesting. He's better. He's better than Mitchell Robinson. He's much more versatile and dynamic than Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson is more athletic. He's a better vertical spacer. That's, That's fine. But outside of that, uh, everything else, I think Hartenstein is better than Mitch Robinson at. I think he is much better. Uh, he's a much better passer. He's a much better higher IQ. I actually think he's a better defensive big man as well. Um, I just think that, and he's a better scorer in my opinion as well. So I think that in a lot of ways, he is the better player. Maybe Tibbs realizes it. I'm not necessarily holding my breath, but it is possible. And again, we know Mitchell Robinson is prone to fouling a lot. So in those games, he will get some boosted minutes. So for me, those two are probably the clearest must-hold guys, in my opinion, uh, followed closely by this next player in Isaiah Jackson. So I think Isaiah Jackson, look, he is someone that I had ranked um, the highest out of these guys before um, before the season. I think I had him at about 110. Um, we do know, if I can spell his name right, Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, get him up on Basketball Monster to look at his rank. So uh, he is someone that I had highly ranked. He was uh, He's obviously got a, a crazy permanent upside. In in last season, he averaged 21 minutes per game. And, um, oh, sorry, no, he didn't. He, he w- 
After the trade deadline, he was averaging basically 21 minutes per game and was a top 120 guy. So we know that he can be that kind of a guy, similar to the Hartensteins and the Okongwus. He can be valuable in a reserve role, um, but if he does get that starting role, he can blow up. The only thing that I've done that I've bumped him below those other couple of guys is just the hesitancy for the Pacers to want to play him, even when a player like Miles Turner is out. So I have dropped him down from where I viewed him preseason. Um, he also had a little bit of an injury, something going on with his knee. Um, he left once, came back, and then left again. I don't know if the second time if he left, it was because of the injury or it was because they were just going to bench him. So something to monitor. I don't think it's too serious, but just in case if it is, then obviously then he would be a drop. Um, but I think that he is someone... He's played one game so far where he's played 30-plus minutes, and in that one game, we saw it all. We saw it all. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 61% free, uh, field goal, and he hit both of his free throws. Um, absolutely amazing. Like, 30 minutes, there you go. There's a top 40 guy. Um, it's, we just don't know if that's going to be something we can rely upon. So for me, he is, again, probably in the hold camp, Slightly below those other two guys. Um, but if I had one of those other two players as well as an Isaiah Jackson, then I would start to consider whether or not I think he is a drop because, again, I probably don't want to be holding two of those guys in a 12-team league if I am starting to fall behind in the standing. So very situational, but I think, again, like the D'Anthony Melton situation, you're not going to find someone with the, the permanent upside that an Isaiah Jackson has uh, floating around on your waiver wire. So for me, absolutely, I think he is a hold. Now we're going to get into the guy's that I think are probably a bit more aligned with the drop side of things. So up until now, I think I've said that Duran and Walker Kessler are holds. I'm starting to think that they are drops now. Again, I I, pro, I try to preach a lot of patience. I'm more patient than most coaches, uh, most fantasy managers out there than, than others. I think that he is someone... Um, I really like him. I think he's really, really good. He, he hasn't shown the ability to rank quite as well as those other guys so far in his in his um, season. He is obviously way younger than those other guys. He's still only 18 years old. Is he 18? Oh, he's, no, he's just turned 19 uh, very, very recently. So he's very young. His field goal percentage is not as elite as some of those other guys. Um, his free throw shooting is a little bit more damaging than the other players, um, shooting only 37.5%. Um, and he doesn't provide any assists or steals uh, at all. So for that reason, he falls behind a lot of those other guys. Um, so for me, he's the 269th ranked player in 20, just under 21 minutes a night. I am worried about what they do when Bagley comes in. We saw Nolan's Noel um, take over and, and play his first game recently. Uh, he hurt his ankle so he's currently injured at the moment. I don't think it's a very serious thing, but it might be enough to just kind of you know, push him back in the rotation a few minutes or maybe even altogether. Um, before the season, I was worried that maybe he might not be getting regular rotation rotation minutes because they prioritize someone like Anilans Noel uh, over him. So those are my concerns for him. And then similar story with Walker Kessler. I think that... Um, you know, maybe I'm more confident with his pathway to minutes on this tanking Utah team. I just don't think it's going to happen for a while. Um, so for me, it's probably too—it's too painful to hold him on for much longer than this. He's an excellent shot blocker, but again, doesn't do a whole lot else. 1.2 assists, 0.4 steals, um, 60% from the free throw line. He's. 
Yeah, he's fine, but again, he's been out for these last couple of games with illness. Let's see how he comes back. If you really have nothing on your waiver wire, you could hold him, but I'm going to lean a bit more on the side of a drop right now. So I think he and Jalen Duran are folds, and uh, and you probably already know how I feel about James Wiseman. He's a fold for me. He's always been a fold for me. Uh, he was originally on the, the draft guide. Uh, I think I had him at like 156 or something like that. Um, like the very last player ranks just because I there is obviously some upside but he's just he's just bad man like today's game he just looked horrible he turned the ball over a few really bad times he got yanked off the court um, played nine and a half minutes because after that stretch they just didn't want to get him back out on the court he's bad he's not good he, and, and I don't think he ever will be good uh, I know that sounds very harsh to say but it's year three now um, and if if we did that draft he's, we've got to forget and and do away with the fact that he was a second pick because he, he wasn't worthy of that. He's, he's not as good as Jalen Duran, in my opinion. I think if you put Jalen Duran in that same situation, he's much better. So if you view him more as like a pick 13, 14 kind of a guy, you've, the opinion changes a lot. And I think we get hung up on the fact that he was a number two pick um, and we've held that onto him for far too long. Remember, he only played a few games in college. Very, very small sample size for his statistical profile. So for me, I'm just out on James Wiseman. I don't think that you should be hanging on to him. There are far too many teams that have him on rosters uh, at the moment, and I think he is absolutely a drop. Let's move on from those backup bigs. Lightning rounds through these last few guys. Santi Aldama, I'm still labeling him as a hold. I don't think he is by any means an absolute lock, must roster by any means necessary. But again, I don't necessarily think that there's much more upside out there on your waiver wire. He's the 131st ranked player, cooling down these last couple of games, but he's still doing a little bit here and there. The last game was poor, three points. Uh, yes, it's rough, but um, he's going to shoot better than 14%, which is what he shot on that game. Uh, so I think that he is someone that I'm still happy to hold and, and roster. He will probably lose most of his value when Jaren, Jaren Jackson Jr. does come back. Um, but again, similar to with Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams was out, so I think there's still a little bit of upside. So I'd be holding Santi. Um, Caleb Martin. Very similar to someone like a Herb Jones. He's very specific for a certain type of builds. So I think that in most situations, he's a drop. Again, I've got him in that uh, Fantasy Basketball International team. Punt points, again. So I'm holding him for his contribution across the board in percentages, steals. Um, he's a decent enough rebounder. He, does ha- he did have that really big heart, uh, breakout game. Probably unrealistic to expect something like that from him again, but he can be better than what he was. He did play low minutes in today's game, so if that trend continues, he will absolutely become a drop, and I will drop him in that other team even when I am punting points. But I'm just going to let it play out. I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing or if it was just a a one-game kind of scenario. Um, So I think that he is a drop. Bones, Highland, and Emmanuel quickly. I'm going to do these two together because I think they are kind of similar-ish type of players. Um, look, they're probably drops, but I think I'm holding them in a few scenarios. Now, I'm holding them in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl because, as I um, uh, harshly remembered, um, it's a games cap format, so I can often hide them on my bench a little bit when I'm not using all of the games that I'm streaming every day, and I think their upside is much higher than a lot of the guys on the waiver wire. But in saying that, the minutes for both of these players, especially Bones, for some reason just doesn't seem to be that. I thought Bones were going to get more minutes than this. I thought he'd be playing more than like a um, more than someone. Uh, who am I thinking about? 
more, more than some of their wings and things like that. Uh, KCP is the, the guy I was, I was coming to mind. I think I thought he'd play uh, a bit closer into the mid-20s and in that kind of role, he can have value. He's, he's had some really good games. His last game, he put up 26 points in just 24 minutes. So he obviously has that upside. He's not the worst guy to hold, but I think, again, if you want to stream that position, it's not the end of the world. But he does have a lot of upside and should always be on your watch list in case those minutes do trend up or something does happen. So for me, he's absolutely someone to at least watch. Um, If there's really nothing very exciting on the waiver wire, I also don't hate holding on to him. I'm actually holding him in a few scenarios, but I say in general he's, he's a fold. But... Uh, we're keeping an eye on him. And similar, very story for Emmanuel quickly. I'm worried about when Grimes eventually comes back that he's going to completely fall off in terms of the minutes. But uh, I am holding him again in that same kind of scenario. But in most situations, I think he is a fold. His game probably isn't quite as good as someone like a... Um, like a Bones, but he probably has a better pathway to minutes. He's averaging uh, 22.2 minutes and is the 222nd, 227th ranked player. Um, again, it's a lot of points, threes, and assists. The field goal percentage is pretty poor. So again, if you're worried about that category, then maybe he's not worth it. If you are punting that category, then maybe he is worth a hold. So again, very situational. As a broad term, I think he probably is a drop, though. And then um, the next one here, Tari Eason. Just drop him, guys. It's, it's again, exactly as I predicted. It's the Shangoon of this season. The biggest tease in the preseason. We all saw how good he could be in a per-minute game, per-minute per basis, but he's just not getting the minutes. Even when players like Jay Sean Tate are out, he's averaging... Um, He's averaging fewer minutes than we than we really need him to, to get. So uh, if I just look up his um, minutes, Tari. Come on, Basketball Monster, keep up with me. Why is it not doing it? Uh, yeah, so he's yeah, even with those guys out, he's not getting the minutes that we really need. Um, and it's just troubling to to sort of see that, you know, players like um, Eric Gordon, which we predict is going to play over him, players like Martin Jr. playing ahead of him, um, Tate's going to come back into the mix, all of those other guys. Um, Jalen Green's obviously still there. Jabari Smith's playing a lot of the four. So these guys are just, they're just ahead of him. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. And it's just not enough minutes to be, to be rostering him if I... Yeah, Basketball Monster's been a bit slow for me today. Um, as I go down now, uh, so he's the 170th ranked player in 17 minutes. So that's pretty good, like in that limited amount of game time, still averaging a steal. Um, but it's just, it's not enough. It really just isn't enough. And I think that he would need to crack 22 to 24 minutes per night to be uh, someone that is worth holding on to. I think you're better off just uh, dropping him and streaming that position for now. If anything changes and that starts a trend, he is, again, an immediate add and is absolutely worthy of a watch list spot. But for now, I think he's a fold. And the last guy that we're going to talk about here is Norman Powell. Now, there's some hope. Obviously, Kawhi and all this sort of stuff is going on um, with his with his injuries. He's just not shooting very well. And I don't think that he is someone that very similar to like a Colin Sexton, I don't think the upside is all that great that you've got to hold through this kind of stuff. Um, He's getting a little bit further up there, 29 years of old. Whilst it's not super old, some of these guys that are not quite as good, the closer you get to 30, the more you're likely just going to drop off. So for me, he's not something that you you have to hold on to. I think I would trend more towards the fold side of things. You could keep a hold of him if you needed those points and threes. 
Um, like a lot of these other guys, if there's a whole lot of junk on your waiver wire, whilst Kawhi Leonard is, is out, he, he does have slightly elevated value if the shooting does come back around. Um, and, and who knows, maybe Kawhi is out for a long period of time. We're crossing our fingers and hoping not for all the guys that have him on their fantasy team, but it could happen. So... I, I, I'm labeling him as a fold because I don't really believe in him as a player. I don't really believe in him and his upside. However, if the bear, if the waiver wire is really, really bare, he's not the worst hold either. But just I don't think the upside is all that high. So for me, in broad and general terms, I am giving him the fold tag. That will do it for us today, guys. Make sure you guys are subscribed if you're watching here on YouTube. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating. Uh, Make sure you guys follow me again on Twitter at BallBoysNBA, and we'll see you guys next time. Laters.